0: I'm Kate Northrup.
1: And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business.
0: Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self actualization, and making a life not just a living.
1: Welcome to Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike.
0: And this is Kate. So today we have a super fun interview. We haven't done a ton of interviews with people we don't actually know, but this woman I know of, and now I feel like we know her because of this episode, but her name is Nadine Artemis and she is the co-creator of Living Libations, which is a beautiful botanical-based personal care company out of a very small town in Ontario. And I've heard of this company, I've used some of their products, I love them, and her philosophies about health and well-being and how we treat the skin are pretty, like, revolutionary, actually. And she has a brand new book out called Renegade Beauty, and it's about really the practice of doing less, hello, and allowing the elements and the life force of nature to revive the body, skin, and soul so our natural radiance can shine through. So what I love about her whole beauty philosophy is it's really about doing less to just support your body to do what it actually needs to do. So she really tunes into the natural world, uses pure botanicals, essential oils, and we talk everything from baby eczema To natural deodorant, to why soap is not so helpful, why you don't even need to wash your hair. Yeah.
1: All that stuff. Why you don't have to wash yourself besides your private areas and then your armpits. And I just like the interview because the way she runs a business and the way that she's actually built her business is pretty inspiring. We talk about how her place burnt down, and then they had to rebuild their brand new headquarters. And she released some information that has only been released just to us, which was pretty cool. Now, of course, it'll you know be well known as it moves forward. But yeah, it was pretty cool. She I told the listeners of the Kate and Mike Show a secret, and it was just great to hear from her. I asked a lot of questions about what is wrong with the like commercial type of skincare products and the shampoos and soaps and things like that that you see on the shelves right now? Because that's where, uh, you know, a lot of people just go to Target or Walmart or these big box stores and just buy what they see there. And how do you know what makes the difference between those type of products and other type of products like living libations or other holistic, healthier products that people can purchase as well? So I love the her attitude when it comes to running a business and how she was able to do it. And just talking to her was really inspiring from just kind of slowing down, going with the, it's like, there's a lot of activity. So it's doing the actions that are necessary to make your business work. But then also there's a different way to think about it instead of the push, push, push all day long type of a thing.
0: Yeah. She does business in a very flow, sort of tapped into the divine kind of way. And so if that resonates with you, I think you're going to really love this episode. I loved getting to know her. So enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome, Nadine. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So so you created a business, Living Libations, out of your home, yeah. um, which is a pure botanical skin and health line. The products are beautiful and the names are ridiculous. <laughs> They're so fun. That's so the we, best part. That's the best part. Do you name them all yourself? Uh, yes. <laughs> You know,
2: even when I, was, like, when I was a teenager, like I used to mix all these things together. And I know this sounds so small of a detail, but you look back on your life. And I remember watching Square Pegs with Sarah Jessica Parker and yeah. the other gals. But Sarah Jessica Parker was like, you know, when I'm older, I want to name like lipstick, like very red, very, very red, and like very, very red. <laughs> and I still remember that because there was really a part of my being that was like, yeah, I'm going to be naming things. <laughs>
1: What's an, what's an example?
0: Of our names? Uh, right. of the in the post-birth kit that I got after Penelope, there was like, you know. Jai Baby Joy. Jai Baby Joy. But there was like one about like tending your petal garden or oh, something. Yeah, what yeah. is that one?
2: We have our Yoni serum. So there's Yoni the petal serum. soother and petal primer. So there's one to prime the petals for birth and then one for after to like cool it down. So you don't have to walk around with like ice on your Yoni. and which is like another sanskrit name for the word vagina just to bring everybody up to speed you know with so many like our perfume names are fun like we have one called night flight to venus being free is lots of fun lavish abundance
1: okay so how do you so let's take being free is lots of fun yeah how do you what's your process to come up with that name like what, do you just like walk around and you're, okay, it just comes to you.
2: Yeah. That's like the easiest thing in the world. That's like the thing that's no sweat for me. It's just like, boom, boom, boom.
1: It just pops up.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just have a logistical question for myself. Yes. How, how, <laughs> this is why I do our podcast. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> I can get my questions answered. So how long do your products last?
2: That's a great question. You know, it's really interesting because like, when we think of alternative products, like we're talking about, you know, natural versus like commercial. So sometimes people just make things that are like the same, but different. Like here's your natural version of toothpaste. It has sodium lauryl sulfate in it still, but mint instead of menthol. We don't, yeah. we're not in that realm at all. We've really architect the product differently. And that's just the way that it's come down to me, like from, my own self-directed learning and intuition. And really, I've been formulating with botanicals since I was a teenager. And so when you also use ingredients that are of the highest quality, because there is no part of me and no part of my business that is thinking about a bottom line and cutting corners in general, and specifically when it comes to a formula. I want to pack each product with the most potent strength, botanicals purity ever. And when you use high quality ingredients, then you sometimes don't have to make those other decisions because you're not using rancid almond oil that's going to go even more rancid. So then you don't have to preserve that rancidity factor. Mm -hmm. We use jojoba oil, which is the most expensive of all the carrier oils, but it has a stability of a hundred years. Wow. Because it's actually a plant wax. It's not actually an oil. And it just also happens to be the very, very best oil that is co, you know, co-happy <laughs> with our skin, with our yeah. sebum, with our stratum corneum. And so it's like the best in all ways. And then when you really work with essential oils that are real and authentic and genuine and in a juicy manner they're adding to a preservation system as well because they none of those go rancid either and they are antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral and so they are also potentiating the product when i was uh, 22 i opened up north america's first aromatherapy store in Toronto and I still have some bottles from them and they're not rancid and they're not really yes
0: okay so I don't need to throw away my essential oils that are high quality
2: yeah and they're still yeah we are opening up the tubes and I can uh,
0: use the products I have from you now even though I receive them yeah no we
2: have like we have we can send you our little uh thing yeah that's good language. So our creams, <laughs> creams the creams are the most vulnerable because there's yeah. a water component. Sure. But other than that, I mean, but you've still got like one and a half years, which is good okay. enough. And then we do have like, we'll say like, you know, use that within two or three years, like a serum or an oil. Mm-hmm. But seriously, you could open it up in 10 years from now. Or our poetic pits, which are just essential oils in sandalwood. So they're 100% essential oils and you're just using a dab
0: under each pit. So that's your deodorant. I mean,
2: you've got a hundred years on that, but we do cap it. We'll say like two, three years, just, you know,
0: but yeah. yeah. I mean, you kind of got to cover your butt yeah. and whatever, but, but okay, really that's, it's, it's fine. No, okay. yeah. We need to try poetic pits. That's you all.
2: do. I and we also a- have cream deodorants that are called underarm charms. Oh, so
0: Oh wow. I didn't know about too.
2: For like people that want something a little less concentrated. But yeah, the poetic right. pits, like, men I'm- will be like, oh, my God, finally. And they can be like, they'll try it in a hot yoga class and
0: still smell good. Okay. Let's talk about this because we've both <laughs> had an issue. With- I've had
1: an issue with, like, essential oil-based deodorants that are more natural. Right. Um, breaking out massive rashes under Okay. My-
2: is it just that or is there any other ingredients? Is there baking soda? there's a lot of ingredients
1: well it's like like primal paste is something like- okay
2: you you know i don't think that in that case like you can definitely even like somebody can even just be irritated from the product. pits it's rare but you like sandalwood is fine for everybody's skin generally but there's going to be somebody that doesn't like it you know somebody and that is a sensitive area and also extra for women because they're shaving but my guess is you know baking soda actually turns out to be an irritant for people's pits Mm. and sometimes there's also a detox phase so it's hard to know if your skin's actually being sensitive to it or if you're kind of detoxing from the other decades of wearing you know right Mm -hmm.
0: guard or whatever
1: whatever yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. detoxing. Yeah, because now yeah. I don't wear anything and I haven't for That's like cool. two years.
0: Yeah. And I have to report he does not smell unless yeah. you've just really had a workout. Like and- working
1: out or if I happen to be like at a business event all day and like be sweaty. But you, yeah, don't, I-
0: you don't smell and I'm, I have a hypersensitive nose even when I'm not pregnant. Yeah. And so I would but be I, able to report it if it was a
1: problem. <laughs> for those of you that want to go down this route, I am curious to try something else though. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, do. the nice thing with the
2: poetic pits is it just, what it does is it adds to, it doesn't mask you. It's just like, for everybody, it's making that special combo between you yes. and the plants. And then what comes out for men and women is so, especially if you're the lover of that person, you're just like, hmm.
1: Hmm. Oh, right. and then
2: i think for our cologne, you would love our uh, we have a cologne called ever moss Ooh. and one called radiant earth
0: hmm. uh, okay that'd, that'd, that's, nice. are you getting <laughs> the vibe that that's <laughs> yeah, for Mike? Vibe. <laughs> yeah. right. he definitely has like a earth, you have an earthy kind of thing <laughs> yeah i don't wear a
1: cologne but i can you know. well yeah that's just know really cool.
2: it's a different yeah. realm
1: Understood.
2: yeah it's fun to spray it on your head too like just and then you just sort of have this aura of like oh
1: yeah uh, smelling great just yeah down the street um okay that's so so good i want to ask a question back to oh yeah for those oh yeah i forgot this i just bring an extra shirt like to events oh
0: that's smart
1: if i have to know i'm going to be a place where i sweat i just will bring an extra shirt and and you also
0: wear natural fabrics care. like yes. it's not like you're wearing yes. oh that's so key uh, isn't you it you know synthetic fabrics Correct. which makes you stinky
1: so <laughs> i want to talk briefly about just like the commercial kind of skincare or body care industry for a second of like mm-hmm. why it's basically toxic right like yeah so and i this we we've been watching a new season of queer eye on netflix and it's a fantastic series for it those really of you is. out there. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's but really they fun. were in, the, on episode one, they are in the guy's bathroom. Yeah. And he's this dude in Georgia. Like, and so he's like, well, we need to get you some, what was it, like moisturizer?
0: Yes, he needed, like, need- he, need- he needed moisturizer. He needed a moisturizing body wash.
1: Right. Ugh. And so That's- he was like, well, this is what I have. Right? right? Is that what it says? Moisturize. Is-
0: yeah, so what the deal was so it's, like, it's a group of five gay men who go in and they sort of make over the life of, uh, of another man. Sometimes yeah. the other men are straight, sometimes they're gay, but either way. So what's great is, I have to say, so Mike and I know a fair bit about natural skincare, not as much as you. They bring up the, how sodium lauryl sulfate is an issue. They bring yeah, up how wow. sulfites are an issue. So yeah. it's really cool. Like each episode, you're actually learning a little bit about the problems of, you know, normal, like, you know, yeah. commercial yeah. skincare. But with this one, it was about sodium lauryl sulfate, and the guy was like, "Listen, you can't use this sodium lauryl sulfate on your body. A, it's toxic, and B, it's going to be incredibly drying." But then the contestant or the yeah, the guy they were helping, the guy he was like, "But it says moisturizing, (laughs) right?" So like, it's like
1: yeah, there's just there's such market like marketing manipulation, and I know this from being (laughs) doing the work that we've done. That we see, that I see every single day on the internet, of people that are like these experts, that but they really haven't created anything, or they haven't done anything, or the programs are crap, you know. So, like, how is this when we go to a grocery store mm-hmm. and we're looking at a shelf full of tons of products? Like, talk us through, like, why that's affecting our health? Because the health yeah. crisis, the, the wellness crisis in the United States is just getting started. In my
2: yeah, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I feel like we're, it
1: big, we're, but it's we're like
2: a while. It, But you're right, just that it's gotten to a new thing.
1: It's expanding and it's getting bigger and it's affecting Mm -hmm. kids and it's affecting Mm -hmm. like more so because adults had an issue and then now the kids are starting to really be affected and it's going to continually grow. And like, why is this a problem based off even just the products we're putting on our skin?
2: For sure. And that's why my book is such a deep, deep dive. And I cover, like, I just take my brain for the last 20 years and I just put it all into a book because it really is, you know, it's a deep subject and the solutions are deep. But meanwhile, we're coasting, like, if it was a few decades ago, you know, I feel like it's like ads and ads and beauty magazines and none of us really had media literacy. It wasn't until I really started, you know, actually in university, I took women's studies and we brought in speakers and like killing me softly where you're like starting to deconstruct ads and you're seeing like all those ways but now media right it's like it's so in everything and so they're everything's so pervasive but I think what's really fascinating now because I know like you and your audience we all I think we know like not everybody but people that are semi into health that kind of thing we all know about like Methylparabens, and that you know, there's a toxicity and an endocrine disruption thing going on, and that common beauty things will do our liver. But the thing is, none of it's happening overnight, right? It's the slow thing. It's like putting on your deodorant every day in your armpits for three decades and getting that micro dose, that daily dose of aluminum. And then we've got all these marketing things that have been going on since like the 30s about like, let's make everybody insecure. And then here's the solution to this blistering douche. Like from the 1930s. Oh my God,
0: it's so horrifying.
2: Oh, the Listerine deuce came to replace the Lysol douching. Like it's like insane, right? And in my book, I dive, I, there's a breast chapter, there's a vaginal chapter, okay. like vaginal health, because all these things are important. Did we say and the they, name of the book yet? No. It's oh,
0: oh, Renegade no. Beauty. Renegade Beauty, yeah. Yeah, we just want to make sure.
2: And our skin has become this real estate, this coveted real estate that like, you know, wants to be like skin type hype and this, and this is what you need. And, you know, my general thesis too is like, we have to kind of get out of the way a bit and allow the innate intelligence of our body to do its thing and allow the elements to come in because we need to be replenished by what's replenishing the earth, which is the, you know, air and pure water and sunshine and the earth. So botanicals and food and what we're putting on our body. So I feel like we're coming out of the realm of like endocrine disruption and, you know, liver and all that, but that's not, not that that's over, but we know that. But what I find really fascinating, which is a huge theme throughout my book is the microbiome because that research has really come in strong in the past 10 years. And part of it's because of the crisis with antibiotic resistance. But what we have to learn too, is that a lot of what we're putting on our bodies is acting like antibiotics. And actually some of the body care stuff has antibiotics in it, like mouthwashes and different things like that. So on a daily level, besides the like what's the 35 pounds of chemicals that women consume in their bodies annually in the application of cosmetics. Besides that, we have to learn what we're doing to our microbiome because we want now we know that that bacteria crawling around, that banquet on our skin and in our guts is actually the beautician. Those are the billions of beauticians that will create great skin if you allow that to happen. And so that the creams we're putting on they are like killing and mutating our microbiome. The foaming, soapy cleansers that we're using on our face, even if they're the mild types from the health food store, studies are now showing that those surfactants are lodging themselves into the stratum corneum and never being rinsed away. So even if you, you obviously are rinsing your face, they don't go away. And so they're going into our pores. Then there's such a vicious cycle because then you've added your chlorine tap water that you're showering under. Are the fluoride in the water, and then you've got the soap, and then the lubriderm, and the petroleum, and, and really no pore, no cell in our body is parched for petroleum. <laughs> so we gotta <laughs> disband all of that, and it is serious because then we're going to create other issues or what we're putting on our skin affects our guts. Just like what we're eating is affecting our skin and a congested colon could lead to blackheads or something like that. So really understanding the interconnectedness and that we can't separate ourselves from the earth. And then also for men and women to kind of regroup a bit and realize that beauty is not applied. You know, it's like, it's more of a communion. It's an engagement. It's a feeling. It's like something that's radiating out of you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can you explain what the microbiome is?
2: Yeah. So the microbiome is the name, or you can call it the biome, but it's the, the name for the trillions of bacteria that are in our guts, in our, you know, the, the main areas are the mouth, the oral microbiome, the gut microbiome, the skin has a huge microbiome, and for women, the vaginal microbiome. Then there's also, like, ones, like, for the ears and the nose, but those are sort of the big areas, And where science and body biology used to be very focused on like cells and DNA. I think we're sort of in a post genomic era right now because what we're really understanding is that the bacteria are equal to the amount of cells that we have. And all those trillions of bacteria have their own DNA. And we're a host to that. And our microbiome are essential for us to live, for our hormone systems, our communication systems, as in like our internal, you know, nerve communication systems. It's the whole thing. And it's just vital. But to me, it's also been a great area of study because it interconnects everything in a way that makes so much sense.
1: Hmm. Wow. So can I just give you like an example and then you walk us through how this Effects. So we just talked about yeah. the skincare piece, but yeah. just like how this all connects, like just take fried chicken from like KFC, yeah. right? So if I go to KFC, for those of you who don't know, it's this like, they make fried chicken. It's called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, it's not Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. Now it's just called KFC. But like here in the United States and all over the world. But- I'm sure they have it. Do you guys have that again? Yeah. 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 It was also the first fast food company to really go global. Really? Ah. Yeah. So how- does eating that affect skin, like all of these pieces that you just hit on? Can you walk us through like what happens?
2: Sure. Mm. Sure. You know, I'm not deeply aware. I mean, I know it's a chicken and I know it's deep fried (laughs) and it's probably in like a mazola e canola e like- Yeah, and probably like a flour. Recycled a thousand times. Yeah, flour. Like a gluten
0: crust situation.
2: Yeah. So I mean, eating those polyunsaturated fats, huge issue. So that's what it's fried in you know, not talking about the veins and all that stuff here, but just on the skin, what that kind of food, those oils, the mazol, canola, soy, all that, they actually are the number one thing that causes hyperpigmentation, melasma, and age spots. So that, you know, getting the brown patches on your skin, which we, you know, I've made formulas that really help for some people, it clears it up, for some it fades it. So there is help there because that's really been huge because you combine those oils, which are, you know, in everybody's diet with like birth control pills or something, totally going to get melasma. So you've got that issue with the you know wheat flour and then just that amount of protein going through. So my thought is that's going to probably congest the colon <laughs> if you're consuming it a lot and create situation where there's like a leaky gut. So when things aren't moving through the colon, they've got to come out of the next organ of elimination, which is our skin. Actually, the skin's a bit bigger, and it's so. I'm always amazed when I think about this. But we're literally pounds of day, like, come off our skin. It's just sort of invisible. It's like these invisible cells sloughing off. I think we have like cell turnover rate. I may not have it exactly. It's in my book. I think it's like forty thousand cells turning over like every minute of the day on
0: oh, our wow. skin. I along. mean, and that's essentially what dust is made out of.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes.
0: That in hair, <laughs> it's like hair and skin. <laughs> and, now some
2: chemi- you know, and now the chemicals like plastic, yeah. acids, all right. combining for good breathing. So <laughs> when that whole tract, when the digestive tract is like clogged or creating a leaky gut situation where you've got microscopic perforations in the intestine that allow out proteins and toxins into an area of the body it's not supposed to go into, then you're going to have some reaction. So for some people, that could be dandruff very much connected to the guts. Maybe that for somebody else, it's rosacea, which is really connected to the guts, often a gluten sensitivity, and it's a Dermadex mite that's living on the skin. Or for some, it might be eczema or psoriasis, or for some, just like, you know, a struggle with acne or hormonal acne, because that congestion's happening uh, maybe at a time for women when there's a period about to happen. So that's how it's going to connect up, just by eating that kind of food. And then you know, you're not allowing, you, it's going to show up on your face or your skin somewhere if there's a dysbiosis in the guts.
0: Okay, wow. so let's talk about, it's a bouncy baby biome because she just brought up eczema. <laughs> yeah. And so,
1: yeah,
0: okay, see. so Penelope, let's our daughter. Our,
1: let's get our daughter. We just, sure call let's you let's, let's just time. get our
0: daughter fixed. <laughs> and then I do, I actually really want to hear the story of how your business came about. So okay. we're coming back to that. But first, we're going to heal our daughter's skin. Okay, so, yeah. so our <laughs> daughter, Penelope, we planned on a home birth. She was coming out one foot up, one foot oh. down. Oh. So it was a surprise emergency. Mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer to not call it an emergency. I like to call it, it was urgent. C-section. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, so, and then I think that, you know, it's really hard to know exactly what happened. But I think that I had a high leak. And the amniotic fluid oh. for like four or five days before oh. she was born. There was some confusion and a false negative on the pH paper. It was a whole thing. So anyway, yeah. when she came out, she had an infection.
2: Oh, and yeah. So,
0: which was a bummer because not only did we end up in the hospital when we didn't plan to, we ended up staying in the hospital for seven days because she had oh, to mine twice a yeah. day. Yep. Yeah. It was awful. Oh, so yeah. She yeah. didn't start out, you know, that was not the... Primer for a healthy microbiome that we intended. Despite, you know, I'm on the operating table, and I was like, "Take a swab of my vagina." <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I'm, you know, I'm just like the crazy lady. But anyway, you. I don't know if they did that or not. But so we did everything we could, you know. Yeah. Breastfed her for 18 months, probiotics, the juice yeah. from the sauerkraut, all this, so so many yeah. things. I we even we even went through a period of feeding her dirt, literally. So. Literally, if, if like there was a thing, we tried it. But, and she's two and a half and, and we still struggle. In the, and I, I do believe it's connected to her gut health. So let's talk about the bouncy baby biome yes. and how we can really support our children's gut health, which I assume are the same things we can do to support our own gut health.
2: Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, as you know, and as you had desired, you wanted the baby to go down that vaginal birth canal because that's actually the, the first inoculation of the mother's maternal microbiome genome, that's the anointing. It's it's like a good thing. So what they now know too is like babies that are born by cesarean is that then they get inoculated by ambient bacteria. So like you know whatever's floating around from the doctor's forearm or whatever. Oh, and then also then in a hospital they may then go rinse the baby really fast. Yeah, right? They do. Yeah, yeah gotta clean no, it.
1: he wasn't right? breathing. So yeah, it so was was, was yeah, like, you yeah, got a, a different
2: situation. Yeah, sound. you had an emergency, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's, who knows. But, but yeah, even, no, they do. They, even, they rinse yeah. all that
2: vernix yeah. right off. Right. Which is like a probiotic pantina is like what I like to think of. But even in a vaginal birth in a hospital, you know, they could just whisk away the baby to rinse I wrote
0: it that on my birth plan. No rinsing. Oh, good.
2: Yes. So no rinsing. <laughs> you don't want to do that. And then hopefully you're going to breastfeed because what we now know is the oligosaccharides in breast milk, which, which forever were like, hmm, what are those for? They're undigestible sugars. They may be useless, but of course they're not because those are prebiotics that then start to activate the genome, the the microbiome's genome. And then it's a whole dance of the prebiotics and the probiotics. So it's so great that you did breastfeed because besides the ingredients and formulas, which is a whole other subject and it's insane. I'm just like, what? None of the stuff in there, they don't even put probiotics in it, right? But it's nothing that's going to like rev up that gut microbiome at all and so that's why you know that's the whole design Mm -hmm. and so I like to think of the you know it's like the sourdough starter culture (laughs) that then needs breast milk to come alive you know that's like our Mm -hmm. soul starter culture sort of like that's what brings it all together so it sounds like you've done so many things and does she have eczema yeah yeah and where is it
0: it's um, they ask. behind her, it's like mostly in her armpits, behind her knees, in the creases oh, of her elbows, on yes. her wrists, upper thighs and ankles.
2: So some, and, most and, of those and, areas, and yeah, neck. the neck. So that's like the little sweaty pockets, you know, cause yeah. they sweat so much when they're sleeping and stuff like that. So obviously that's sort of irritating it, not cause it's, there's anything wrong with the sweat, but just cause of that, it you know, totally. stuff. And then do you bathe the baby at all? Cause, and so, cause you don't want to use any soap. Right. We're pretty minimal
0: on bathing. I
2: yeah. yeah, like some salt water or baking we soda. So like, water. you
0: know, every three days or so we do a yeah. tubby and I generally, I do wash her hair, but I don't mm-hmm. use soap on the rest of her body. Yeah, that's
2: great. Except and for like, her bum. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do, what we did for leaf spum is we just use like the best can ever oil because it actually lifts up everything really well and that will help. I mean, you can use soap like later or for big moments, but on a (laughs) daily level, the oil, you know, like.
0: And can you do that so I wouldn't, she wouldn't have to be in the tub in order to use it? Yeah.
2: So you just take a, well, we, you know, you don't have to get this hardcore, but we just took like an old flannel blanket. We would cut it up and make squares. Right. And then you would just, you put a little spot of water on there. Yeah. And a squirt of oil, and it's so great. It, it lifts up. all everything away, cool. cleans up, non-irritating. You never get a diaper rash with that because it's not yeah, sure. aggravating the the lipid barriers. And it, like they can bathe every day or not. Yes. Yeah. It still doesn't matter. But you just don't want to have like soap and bubble baths and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're on the right path with that for sure. Mm-hmm. And then another thing I discovered because Leaf just didn't want to wash. Like he's was, like from the littlest baby up until many years, he was like not into washing his hair. But you know what I came to learn? He doesn't need to wash his hair. I'm yeah. not sure what will happen when, through teenage years, but. We wash his hair like once a year for fun. He, no. he never looks greasy. It's clean. Isn't
0: that amazing? Healthy. My yeah. friend, Sandra, who is the one who gifted me our yeah. Living Libations birth kit thing. What is it called?
2: Try Baby Joy Kit or something. Birth yeah, could bundle. have been.
0: Birthing yeah. bundle. Yeah, the birthing <laughs> bundle, yeah. So she introduced me to you, and she did a whole transition where she stopped washing her hair because she was learning about all the, the things, and she specializes in uh, Chinese medicine and acupuncture and holistic, you know healthy skin care. She's in uh, New York Sandra Chu, in case anybody wants to find her. Um, we can put her in the show notes. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was fascinating to see that she went from washing, you know every other day to then not washing, And, and it really worked. It was remarkable.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wash my hair once or twice a month. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, you just slow it down. You know what I mean? And then
0: it... Right. It, your, your body has to kind of like adjust to the... Yeah. Oil,
2: and oil. again, you know, like my sister has thinner hair. She would yeah. be like mortified to try it. You know, <laughs> so that's okay.
0: Yeah. It's not for everybody. <laughs> no.
2: You know, yeah. It. And then of course, but I... I, I, think I feel
0: you like could you could get away with not
1: washing your hair. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: you could try it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then for the ba- back to the baby, and I feel like I could tell you other things, but I feel like you might have already tried all of them. Like you've probably eliminated dairy and experimented yeah, oh yes. with all that. So sometimes they outgrow it, but also you could also – is it itchy for her at all? Yes. Yes. And then I would just use something like we have something called sea buckthorn basket ever. Okay. So I'd take a squirt of that and then just like – I know like half a drop, which is just almost impossible, but maybe make a little side cup because with peppermint on kids, you can use it, but it does make them a little bit cooler. So you just want to make sure they're warm and any, but one drop in like a teaspoon or half a drop, if you can manage that it will calm and cool and usually take care of the itch. And then the sea buckthorn has really helped and cleared up a lot of like people's eczemas from young to old. And that's where you can start. And we've had okay. a lot of good results with that. And if that, you still need help, just email me. But also <laughs> for some reason too, our hand cream has done miracles for baby eczema on faces and hands. So could try that all as well. Right. But so I think you just need a little botanical to get it going. And then the, um, that oil will also help the sweat irritate it less. Yeah. Like in okay. the little
0: right. pockets because it's all in her folds. Okay,
2: good. Oh, little baby folds. Oh, little baby <laughs> folds.
0: Yeah, and and she's she's a like super tiny tiny kiddo, so she doesn't have a lot of folds. But she, but you know, she still has. Yeah. We've been on a journey, but you know, I always learn more every day about yeah. what we can be doing. And I was listening to an interview with you earlier where you said that for adults too, like we really don't need to be using soap. So yeah. can you talk about that? We've just discussed the hair. But yeah, talk about soap on the skin and what we need to be doing and not doing.
2: Yeah, so those like commercials with like Irish spraying and dial, like so lathered up. Nope, we're through that era. You really, own, you just like a natural bar of soap, which is so easy to get these days. You know, we make a beautiful clay one, but it doesn't matter. You know, go to a farmer's market, whatever. And you just need that for like scrubbing your nails, washing your pits and your privates, pits and bits, I call it. Nowhere else on your body needs soap and especially faces, because that's an area where, you know, where we also have most of our concern about how our skin is. So what that does is those surfactants lodge into the stratum corneum, and then they don't go away. And there's a buildup. And then you get in a real vicious cycle. And then you might go, I got to go to the dermatologist and then get a you get a prescription for acne or your rosacea and then you start another spiral because now you've just mutated a whole bunch of other little creatures on your face and you've thrown off the whole thing. And then soap also, you know, disturbs the lipid barrier and then the other layers underneath. So do away with that and what I, like years ago, I was studying, I love studying, like, what did they do in antiquity? You know, ancient Egyptian and Greece and the Berber women, all of those cultures, Turk, like in the Turkish baths, they all use oil to, you know, whether it was uh, applying the oil and then massaging it and removing it off with a streagle, which was like a, or in, um, in Chinese culture, it's called a guasha, which can be yeah. a piece of wood or a thing. And then the oil comes off. And in our bathrooms, we can use a face cloth and so what you do is you just take a cloth, put some beautiful hot water on it, if, you know, if that feels good to you, just water, and then you're just wetting the face, washing it, putting on your squirt of oil, and then massaging that over your face, splashing with water, and then that same stuff, you can just use one more little squirt, and then use that as the moisturizing part. And that, you can keep it that simple if you want And your skin will really start to thrive. I mean, you know, so many women find their skin tone gets even. They feel like they don't have to wear foundation anymore. People like send us beautiful emails about like, oh my God, I have no more cystic acne that I had for 20 years. So, you know, we really have to let go of what we've been sold and told by some dude that's in some marketing advertising, you know, making the ads and it's just so disconnected from, you know, how to actually take care of our skin and feel beautiful.
0: I love that because we have this whole do less philosophy to have more by doing less and the simplicity of that particular regime sounds really lovely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) switching gears for a minute, I would love to hear a little bit about the story of how, so you opened the first aromatherapy store. First like
2: full concept one, like awesome. where it was just that. And we had a yeah. blending bar and we made perfumes on the spot and you could, you know, some oils are so expensive that people could bring in their little like bottles or we sold tiny bottles and they can I have a drop of rose <laughs> or they would say, Hey, I'm going to make a recipe. So here's my little thing. And then add two drops, yeah. this one drop of that. It was really fun. Yeah. And that was when I was 22. Oh, cool
0: so you were 22 and then tell us how you grew your company you know starting in your kitchen yes. to now over 50 employees you know yes. global yeah,
2: so I feel like it started like, well, in grade nine, I did a science fair project where I recreated Laird using essential oils. And that was my first like, oh, what is this? Because I was looking to what science fair project am I going to do? And I found a book that was like more kid friendly on how to make cosmetics. And also at that time, I was like, my bathroom was crazy. It was the 80s. And I had my mother's stuff and my sister's stuff. And I would blend the Giorgio Armani with the Drac Noir and whatever. Oh and it was so fun. But then I read This And I was like, oh, like perfumes are from like earth and flowers. And then I was just fascinated with that. And my actually my great grandfather was a artist that would go and paint on archaeological digs what they were seeing. And he also was the president of the London Egyptology Society. So I was like, deep into that lineage and the book said what the equivalent would be today is an essential oil that's like what those early distillations were were and you could maybe find them at a health food store so we went to the big city got some essential oils, and it's the first time i'm smelling like ylang and orange and i'm like oh this is different i didn't quite have the discernment of like natural synthetic you know but it was getting there i love the essential oils i love creating the perfume you know and then like the body shop came out and it was like oh it's so like natural and everything and then i'm 18 i'm at university and i hear about diet for a new america like i'm watching this show with lisa bonnet and you know i'd heard of vegetarian but i didn't know people didn't eat dairy and stuff but Beyond food type or eating dairy or not, what it taught me was like to really look at what I was eating and the whole structure of the supermarket and that there was maybe only five brands and you know what I mean? And then in one month, I only ate organic for the rest of my life. I never ate processed food again. And I started really making my own food and exploring that. And I got all these books on like how to read labels at the supermarket and all of that transferred to like, holy, what am I putting on my body? So then I started looking at those body shop labels and I was like, this has never seen a cucumber that, or, you know, Dewberry is not a plant. (laughs) The pineapple face wash has no pineapple in it. So I was like, (laughs) So I started at 18 really making my own stuff, lip balms and perfumes and everything. And I would make for friends and family. It was really fun. But then I was going deep into, I was getting books and I was having books sent over from Europe because I was really fascinated by the 18th century text, not textbook, but books on making like perfumes and pompadour, like they were like all these other ancient words and sachets and all that stuff, because it was the last era before synthetics were invented. And in the 18th century, they were looking back to antiquity to be like, what were they making? And so it was a great time where some of that last knowledge came in. And then I was like, I wanted to remake the perfumes they were making in ancient Egypt. And I needed a really amount of rare, botanicals that weren't at the health food store. So then I started going into like really researching distillers and farmers and what were they making? And I was getting samples in from all over the world from like Madagascar, Australia, Europe, Venezuela from distillers. And then the quality of the raw materials I was smelling was beyond, you know, the tea tree or the Bergamo or the Ylang at the health food store. And I was like, well, that was fun, but this is a whole other realm. And yeah. it's kind of like wine and vintages and all that. So I started importing oils and making, and I'm going to university, but I knew I had to wrap up university so I could get to real life. What and were you so going
1: to university for?
2: I was doing my degree in philosophy and women's studies. Oh. And the whole women's studies thing was so in perfect because that's where I feel like, you know, Because I've so like, I mean, so much of what we do is for women, and we were reading our bodies ourselves, and I was understanding about like IUDs and birth control pills, and I was doing a project on midwifery, you know. So I was like, oh, this is great. And then we were bringing in people that were telling us how to read about beauty ads, or we were reading the Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. So then I could tie it all into like women's medical history and the history. I did my thesis on the female orgasm. And then I was making like love butters that would like, you know, so it was all connecting and that was really great, but I had to, you know, I wanted to make it available and I had this vision for like a bar and like offering all of that. So that was so fun and really busy, but it was great. You know, and obviously it's so weird when you, so it was out of that kitchen out of my university kitchen That I, you know, because I I had this little cottage in the back of somebody's backyard and I just started getting all the beakers and the blenders and everything like that. So I brought that out of my kitchen and into a store. We'd renovated the basement to be like the, the lab part and everything. So that was really exciting. And then I ran that for a long time for seven years, I guess and not that long, but it was, really, and it was really great and successful. And from there I would do talks and that kind of stuff. And I did have a partner at the time and she wanted to go another way and I wanted to not live in the city. So we actually closed it to the dismay of many. And then I kind of just pretended I was retired for a year just to gather my thoughts. And I just read like roomy poems for like a year, organize my brain. And then I met my now husband, Ron. And he was so enthused. He was just like, let's do things together. And I was like, wait, I was just taking a break. <laughs> um, but it was great. And so many people had missed the creation. So from that moment, then that was the, re- the birth of living libations. My store was called Osmosis. And that was so fun to really be having my partner be my life partner. It's a really neat thing. As you- It is kind of might know. And so from there we made living libations and then we got here to this land and then things have always been really flowing, but then you keep going to new levels. But really in those early years, it was about like me and the client and how great can I offer a really pure product for the client. So that was sort of the relationship, like the product, me and the client, that sort of triangle. And then as we were here, you know, we had to get help because, you know, especially after having a, I remember the, the first year of having leave and it was still Ron and I it was just like, oh my gosh. But so people would come and help us and then they really liked it and they liked working. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, knowing that you have a, oh, people like it here. Oh, they kind of wouldn't mind working here for the rest of their life. We got to make it good, you know? So so then it brought in a whole other reason to really solidify and really anchor in what we were offering so that we could serve the people that were working with us. Totally. And so that was really exciting and gave more reason to be solid and expand because I don't need to just expand for expansion's sake. I certainly have no goals to be in like every Walmart in the nation or anything like that. I just, I'm always like really happy to, I know that the right people will come to the yeah. product and it will be just divine attraction and all of that. And then we had a fire, which was just devastating and everything burnt to the ground, like our home, our business, we had a little separate area for the business. And we were just, it was like, we were, we just put an addition on to hold some bottles. And cause we were, we had nine more months cause we were building our headquarters Oh, hmm. like we were just dug the ground or like, you know, the plans were set. We'd done all the thing. And then, and then it all went away. We didn't have one. I had just my non-special pajamas on, you know, it's just like, and not one drop of oil. I mean, we're talking like leaders of Rose Otto and Frankincense and Sandalwood and poetic pits and joy, baby joy, just up
0: to the sky, which is Hopefully nobody listening has ever set essential oils on fire. I I did one time, not thinking about it as oil, and it's very highly flammable. Yeah, they're volatile. I can only imagine... How now that
2: part of our home, that was sort of like the last corner. Like it was already.
0: Was it a huge explosion when that went? Well,
2: it's hard because we were asleep. Luckily, oh, okay. we, that whole area and our workshop and our house, it we're was so busy. Cab- we had like little tiny ca- separate cabins, <laughs> but we, we were so Zen, right? It's just a bed and some books. Yeah. So it's not like all our fun clothes and all. Right. And my mother had just passed away a few months before. So I had all of her heirlooms, including my great grandfather's paintings from oh, Egypt.
0: Devastating.
2: And it was insane. Like, I can't, I, do, I feel like I'm still talking about like this happened to somebody else. But that's, so it all went. And it was like, it was started apparently by like a mouse chewing wire in like an attic and then insulation. And they're like, it's so common. I'm like, I kind of wish I knew that. Wow. But the great part was that we had the savings that we're going to build the headquarters. So luckily we had that. We had to house ourselves and get that rolling. And then luckily we got a place that was our friends. And they're like, you can have this 5,000 square foot building. Can you rent that from us? Because we were, okay. So we had nothing to move in, but by, you know, 24 hours later, we were already going to do that and, and then our our ingredients are so crazy and diverse and they come from you know many countries around the world and many of the producers we just bought all their neroli and rose because it was in august and like yeah. july is when you buy those things once a year so it was major obviously major life lessons it felt like some kind of initiation at first obviously it feels like a crazy setback because you're like oh my god i've just spent Since I was 22 building this up, you got telling me I got to do that again or, you know, all uh, every thought you can imagine. But I really feel like interestingly now with perspective, it feels like it was like actually catapulting us into the future so much faster, you know, hard to explain. And I don't know how all the angelic accounting worked out, but everything worked out. And I still don't know how, but we were able to ship our first products four weeks later. And that's obviously due to the dedication of our team. Cause like, I was a little bit out of it that first month, wow. you know, it was like full survival mode. So that was amazing. And we've been in that place and actually I can announce it here first. I haven't, nobody really knows oh. yet. but we have spent the last three years building a state of the art headquarters oh. on the place that we were gonna build the other headquarters. So we've got that rolling and it's gonna be Canada's first passive solar commercial building. So, that, so we took our architectural plans, we sent them over to Europe, we did a full analysis on the sun and the latitude and the longitude, got the building the exact right place, It's so gorgeous inside. There's no drywall. It's all wood. There's a greenhouse. We've got a cafe that we're going to have a full-time chef in providing organic meals. And there's like sun decks and there's going to be the apiaries. And then the first main floor is like from drop of oil from the alchemy room. And then we have perfume rooms and the poetic pit rooms and the oral care rooms. And then that goes out to shipping and it's on like a beautiful acreage with trees and there's her rising lines and there's sunshine coming in every window and I'm so excited and that will be finished in april wow yeah, so we're at the cusp of this congratulations
0: vision. that's so, and exciting. so exciting yeah is that a place that people could come visit who are your customers
2: yes yeah, so we're gonna we have a showroom that's gonna oh. be there and then that top floor is like the yoga lounge and then we've got the cafe so we can oh, do gosh. events and that kind of stuff that's so, so cool. it was really yeah so back to that triangle where it was like sort of i felt in the early years is me and the product and the client but then a new dimension came in it was like our team and then yeah. what about their families and their daughters or their children and because we live in a small town area and you know I before I was in the city and you can't see your work as clearly on the effect it has on the community I mean you have your community of clients that are like "I we love what you make but to see you can really see a change here where especially in this community there's not a lot of exciting work for females it's like just being like a cashier person or something which is suitable for some but a lot of women want to do more and just to be able to see a whole new thing and people thriving and then getting people are like hey what about this and then they start you know bringing your business further and holding that vision and bringing it out to the world and that's like a whole new level and part of our business that's like newer and I just feel like oh it just makes so much sense and it's a really it's fun, and it gives it a whole new purpose.
1: Hmm. Wow! Where do you? Where is the city? What's the? What are you? City the city. About? The
2: city is Toronto. Okay. So that's a, yeah, about two wow. hours that way.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then, what is your role as the company has grown now? Like, what is your role? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a good question because there's a lot that I don't do now, but there's still a lot that I do do. So I'm uh, the formulator. I still make the original formulas and stuff, but obviously. We've got people that can pour and cap and label and all that fun stuff. And I write books. I do interviews, that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm still the CEO and I'm very involved. I'm very involved with customer service because we get all kinds of amazing questions every day. Like there's a new one every day or I've got like some kind of fungus coming out of my mouth or you know what I mean? And we're, <laughs> we're able to help people a lot of the time or send them to somewhere else to get more help. And I feel like yeah. that's really important, the customer care. It's great. Yeah.
1: And has it been hard to kind of, because you've now got, because you have 50 people or over yeah. 50 people?
2: Yeah. Like I mean, it could be 49, from, could be 51.
1: Yeah. Somewhere around 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So has it been difficult for you to take something that was just you? Oh, you know? yeah.
2: There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely areas where you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Can you pack that and send it to the post office? But there is, a, there, I feel like, you know, as any entrepreneur might realize, or even somebody in a family, I mean, there's a time when you have to delegate. So I find some things have been easy, but the fire really catapulted me into like a lot of delegation because yeah. first, I mean, I had, right. You, I mean, literally I just have pajamas and I'm like, right. There's just like, yeah. whatever that was. You have no so, control over it. Yeah. And you need other you people. Need like so much help. Yeah. I mean, I just needed to be in a corner and have massages, you know, for a week, even though I wasn't getting that. You know what I mean? Like you just need like, oh my God, you just need to sit there like this for a couple of days.
1: days. Yeah. And how long ago was the fire?
2: Four years ago.
1: Four years ago. Okay.
2: Yeah. Which seems, it really seems like a lifetime ago. It's so weird. So I do feel like, you know, delegation's always a constant thing. And then it's like, you know, sometimes it's magically you're like, oh, and then usually you hand it off and it's like better, because that's the right person. And then sometimes it takes a mix. And then you also have to like have your staff learn to delegate because that's a constant thing too, because then their role grows. Like maybe it was just something and then it grows and grows. I feel like every area, it's like sort of like, you know, like raspberry bushes and you're like, oh, we got to trim back the brambles. And then as soon as you do that, it grows like crazy. And so I feel like that's the constant sprouting and trimming of a business. You're like, growing little areas and everything's always in perpetual bloom and so you have to be really dynamic and agile and I feel like that's what the fire taught us too because really we were like I mean we obviously had and that's what you feel too you realize okay the physical stuff is gone including the computers and all of that and for like everything gone but you still have the essence of your business and the love and the clients like they didn't go anywhere Thank God, and so you realize the other parts. But I also realized, even though there's a lot of complexity to our business, and we're working with drops, which are so important, that we really were agile Hmm. because it was it was amazing recovery. And I just feel like, and now we're at the like I feel like it's all been cleared up. But now we're at that fruit of that moment because we're about to have that final crowning moment and i just then we really started thinking like the legacy of living libations and let's when we're making architectural plans like what are the hundred year decisions like what can we do now that's just gonna be still standing there for the next generations because when you when you see the effect of the business on a small town you're like well let's just keep this party going because it's such a great answer to small town living that can be kind of like boring, like in the work <laughs> air, right?
1: Right.
0: No, that's a such rocks. a beautiful gift to your community. Are mm-hmm. you from that small town? Well,
2: it's just two and a half hours north of the city and our cottage was very close by and I actually okay. went to camp in this town. This exactly. area is like a very cottage area. It's like yeah. thousands of lakes and trees and yeah. it's actually the most children's camps in all of Canada. So it's a really happy area. Yeah. And that's like why we wanted to live here. Cause we're like, let's live where people vacation.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is why, that's why my parents moved to Maine in, you know, yeah. five years ago. That's why, you know, that's why I'm from here. Cause same thing. They were like, why have a vacation home? Why don't we just live where yeah. people vacation?
2: Yes. Yeah. And then just travel to the
0: city when you yeah, feel like When it. you yeah. want to. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am just, I'm deeply inspired by your story and I'm so excited to try more of your stuff. Um, So, you know, what for you is like, you know, I love the way you talk about divine sort of the divine orchestration and how customers come, the right people arrive. And, you know, so just to wrap up here, and I don't know if you have another question, Mike, but no, it's okay. I'm curious what your relationship with goals is, because mm-hmm. I'd love to know, you know, as your book is coming out, Renegade Beauty, and as you're opening this amazing state-of-the-art center, headquarters, do you have goals? Do you have specific outcomes or are you in... You know, are you just kind of like, I'm just following spirit or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, I think it's, I feel like, you know, I'm rebellious in nature, even
2: in, even when I took the four tendencies test, I'm a rebel. And so I'm not going to be one to set goals. I've never done New Year's resolutions yet. I have visions for sure. And I follow them. So I don't know if there's a difference there, but I definitely don't have like five year goal. We're going to be at this amount of sales. I never think of those things to guide me but I do get inspired by my vision and I was like oh community neighbor infrastructure what's going on on the planet in North America That we need more middle class and we need more infrastructure how can we do that on a microscopic level with a business I see a business as a great agent of change and that as the CEO you can really maneuver that community and make it happen it's all up to you so in our microscopic way I feel like we can model what is a good thing and I also feel like you know work you could sure there's communes or different things but I feel like people just want a job and then they want to go home and have a great family life so how can we just make it that simple you know like at our, our one of our family one of our work policies is family first so, what can we do to make it easier and not a problem to be like, I uh, got another sick day or whatever? You know what I mean? And flexibility. Yeah. We have a great migration of mothers at 3 30 because they have to all go pick up their kids. So, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. But I, so for goals, yeah, I don't really feel like I have but also at the same time, I do have a vision. I follow it, I'm guided by it. But I really work intuitively. I think a lot on the business before I take action. So, I have a lot of, uh, I wouldn't call it quite meditation but there's a lot of meditative moments. There's a lot of looking out this window at these horizon lines and that informs me. And then I do a lot of intending before yeah. I take action.
0: Awesome. Mm. I love that. It's amazing. I love that so much. Well, thank you so thank much. You. And for those listening, please go get your copy of Renegade Beauty. I imagine it's available anywhere yeah. books are sold yes. and then check out livinglibations.com. Yes. Yes. What would you say is like if somebody's just brand new to your line? Where? Mm-hmm. What's just as a final thing? What's the best place to start? Would it be the best skin ever? Yep, I think okay. it's the best skin
2: ever. And then teeth-wise, like healthy gum drops. Okay,
0: awesome. I love teeth that. Teeth-wise,
2: I have a whole book on holistic dentistry, but there's a chapter oh, cool. in Renegade Beauty. So you start with Renegade Beauty. <laughs> okay,
0: that's awesome. yeah, a whole other area. Awesome. So thank much, you so much for being. Thank you. Honor. You're delightful. Oh,
2: thank you. It's so <laughs> much fun. <laughs>